Blog Talk Radio. Introducing Poetry at the Top. Hosted by the lovely, the angelic poet. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Feel it. Feels good. Gracefully yours. Oh yeah. Coming to an end near you. Have you been writing? 
Um, I started writing in 2005, so it's been about four and a half years now, more or less. And when I started writing, I had never, never written before, so poetry, like never before, it started one night out of the blue, and that was it. Uh, and I, I started writing in French, and English came uh, a little later. So, uh, wow. Just jump right into it, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, right there. <laughs> I felt like writing something. I'm like, I want to write something. I want to write a poem. And that's it. Like in an hour, I had a poem. I was surprised. So, yep. <laughs> wow. So it wasn't nothing in particular that inspired you. You were just sitting there one day and you said, hey, I want to write a poem. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's amazing. And you started I don't know. out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, to start out like that, usually people will say to me, well, this mm-hmm. inspired me or this happened to me or what have you, but just to sit there and do it, that's awesome. Yeah, that's it. And that's that's what I like about poetry, to be honest with you. It's like you don't need a particular background in anything or any training in it to be able to write something. Um, I define poetry as the language of the soul, and if you listen to your heart, you listen to yourself, you'll be able to write poetry. It's different for... Other art forms, I think, like, for example, paintings, you need some training to be able to paint something that's worth it, I think. Uh, But poetry is definitely like a free art form that you can practice anytime you want. And anyone can write poetry. That's the magic of it. So that's what I really enjoy about poetry. Now, when you started writing, was it something like just you just threw on paper? Did you have a format? Did you even know about a format that... Typically, poetry comes in. Um, I, I had um, I was an English major at university in France, so I studied poetry there. But I didn't really know about forms of poetry or anything. So when I started writing, the only thing I was interested in, because I thought that was the right thing to do, was to rhyme. Basically, that was the major thing. I thought you had to rhyme to write poetry, but then I realized, no, no, rhyming is not everything about poetry. You need much more than that. So. Mm. Yeah, but I had no idea at the beginning that there were uh, poetic forms. I had no clue. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, the rhyming thing, I, I really, when I first started writing, which was a very long time ago, but I thought that's what poetry meant. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to go research and do more um, background on how poetry formatted and where it came from and so on. But no, mm-hmm. poetry does not have to rhyme. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I agree. So with any of your um, pieces, your poems, your writing, is there anything that you can say that inspired you, any piece in particular? In particular? Um, what inspires me to write is basically a belief in God. I've always written about spirituality. Even when I write about sad pieces, it has to have a spiritual twist to it. Um it has to be always something positive because I believe that anything that happens to you in life can be turned into something positive. You should never basically rely on the negative and like use the negative to you, you should never feed on the negative to to move on in life. It's always important to be positive in anything you do. So basically, I'm motivated to write by that how you can turn like bad experiences into lessons that can make you grow as a person and as a writer as well. So. Basically, wow. that's what inspires me, God, and my belief, and, 
you know, all these things that are related to basically my being a Christian. Right. That's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. So <laughs> let's talk about Soul Stein's poetry. I'm sorry? Your book? Yep. My book? The What I have is, and they all rejoice. Is that one? Oh, I have I have four books. So, uh, <laughs> which one oh. do you want to focus on? <laughs> Let's talk about the first one you published. Uh, uh, the first one I wrote. Uh huh. Okay. Um, uh, basically, the first book I wrote was in French because I started writing in French. So let's not focus on this one. <laughs> That'd be better if I focus on the um English. Uh, the English book. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. Uh, so basically, um, the, the the first books I wrote, like the first one, is really like the first one for anyone is always an experience. It's something you kind of when you make your first poetry book, you kind of you tend to mix all the, the first poems you wrote into it. You put them into it, and you don't really really pay attention to it. So basically, it was the first book. It's about spirituality and evolution as a person. I've realized when I I realized when I reread the book that there is a link to all the poems I put in the books. And and I didn't know at first. I thought I put my first 39 poems, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my poems, and that's it. But then I realized there's a whole evolution in the whole way I put uh, the poems in the book. So it's really – and there's right in the middle, there is also a, ch- a change of tone because uh, my mother died in 2005, at the end of 2005, when I was – you know, basically in the middle of making the book. So the tone has definitely definitely changed right in the middle. So, um, and it became, the book became a little more spiritual in tone, a little deeper. I talk more about topics that have become my favorite topics, like, for example, death. Um, and, and, I, and I use, like, short forms of poetry. My poems become shorter. And they focus on a deeper idea, so um, that's basically the the first book that I wrote. That's about it. So, when you you say after your mom passed, you kind of mm-hmm. got real spiritual, more deeper as mm-hmm. far as the book is concerned. But why why did you focus on death? Well, because you know what, when my uh, my mom died, uh, my vision of life changed. Um, God, I, I believed in God before, but not as much. I started to believe in Him. Um, it, God became certainly my main source of inspiration, and and I started to see life and death as two um, twins, basically. They were intertwined to me, and to me, death is not the end of something; it's the beginning of something else. Um, by you know going through the the grieving process of my mom's death, you know it taught me a lot about life. And then I I lost my grand my grandfather, I lost my aunt for, uh, from cancer, and all these things taught me a lot about life and death. And and death became a one of my favorite topics because this is something that um, I'm not sad to talk about death. To be honest with you, this is something. I want to use my poetry to help people, others, uh, feel less afraid of death, basically. 
and have no problem talking about it. Like I often talk about my mom. I often talk about, you know, my family, like family members who died in my family, and have no problem talking about it. I'm so comfortable about it that I actually wrote my my second book in English is a whole book dedicated to to death. Because I wanted to offer a vision of death so that I could help other people who were scared of death to maybe see something positive in it. Because I believe that when someone dies, you know, it's not the end of their life. It's not the end. So we have to accompany our beloved, uh, our death, the people who died in our families. We have to accompany them so that they can go back. They can come back to us, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's why I believe it's important to talk about it. Because too many people are scared and do not want to face it. And it's especially more important when you're talking about violent death like suicide or accidents. And, and people, need, you know, people need to find something so that they can believe again. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Can you give us a piece that can actually give us an idea on you expressing your thoughts on death? Sure, I can. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I um I am actually going to read to you a poem that I wrote. Um, it's about stillborn. Uh, so the title is stillborn. So that's the poem. My heart desired you. I felt you growing inside. I loved you before you were conceived, my darling. But today, you chose to leave my womb and the world. I touch your face. Beauty is all I see, my child. I cannot shed tears. I can't even try to breathe. Overwhelmed and spent, I am in this drenched, stained bed. Love is in your eyes. Peace replaces your heartbeat. Life. I don't hate you. Angels' wings are never clipped. Things happen for a reason. May God bless you, my baby. And that's the piece. Wow. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Thank you. That was really amazing right there. Thank you very yeah. much. Seriously. Thank wow. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's the thing about why I use poetry, because poetry is one of these art forms where you can take a topic and make it so good for people to read about. Um, it, you can make it so easy for people to get the message as well and make them feel good. And that's why I think poetry is wonderful, because death is a difficult topic to talk about. You know, no matter what people say, no matter what I will do, it's a difficult topic for most people to talk about. And if you can use poetry so that people can feel it, can say, wow, this is great, you know, I can see it's positive. And then that's fantastic, you know, that's positive and it helps people. So. Yeah, and I wish I could have met you in 2004. <laughs> in 2005, I mean, because I had struggled with that. And it's just, I never had anyone that I came in contact with it can actually turn that around as a company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that is really amazing. So <laughs> thank you. So, um 
your second, or should I say your third book, because the first book was in French. Yeah. Can you give the uh, title of the book to the people? Okay. Uh, The titles of the books are, okay, the first book in English is And They All Rejoiced, Soul Stirring Poetry. That's the first one. Uh, The second one is entitled Short Poetry for Those Who Fear Death. And my last uh, book, uh, the one I released uh, this year, is entitled Project Heartbeats and Elevations. And I'll give you the title of the book in French, because some people like to hear me speak in <laughs> French. Sortons des chemins battus, poésie de l'âme, which means basically, it's basically almost the same title as the first book uh, in English I have. So. Wow, French is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I see what they mean. <laughs> Don't know what you're saying, but it really does have a nice little ring to it. Thank you. Wow. So, um, let's see here. I got my little notes that I wanted to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> prepared. You are prepared. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, the book that you published this year, mm-hmm. um, to put that in words and describe that to us, is that just a book of poems as well? Yeah, I, I, I'm only good for poetry, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I, I wrote two plays, but um, this is different. You know, poetry is poetry. I'm only good for it. Um, so basically, what is Project Heartbeat Elevation? Um, I like to call that a uh, celebration of life, love, and spirituality. That's basically the highest belief in God that I have, and I wanted to write poetry about that. I wanted to show the world that there's a way uh, to believe in God without being religious. Um, we can be non-denominational when we believe in God, and, and too many people think that because you say you are a Christian that you are religious. And, and to me, being a Christian is not a religion. It's, it a, it's, a, it's, a, state, it's a state of mind. So mm-hmm. I wanted to put poems that were really positive and that showed that you know, there is a deep belief in God that anyone can have, and it doesn't have to be me only. Everyone can believe in God in their own way, and it can yes. be so deep and so spiritual that, you know, no book, no scripture will replace it. Right. So that's why I wanted to write this book. So it's it's basically um, short poems. It's very, you can read it very quickly. It's like a in two hours, you can read the book. But I wanted to focus on different ideas on spirituality. Um, for example, I don't know, faith, um, angels, uh, what we feel deep within, solitude, and, and stuff like that. So I always focus on ideas. That's why my um, my poems are very short, usually, because I really want to focus on one idea at a time. So um, that's, the, that's the book. Well, I understand that. Um about what you said and your beliefs and how you perceive that, you know, you don't have to put a label or a, a certain, you know, belief on someone to believe in God. That is what I follow. I mean, after going through life and visiting so many churches and experiencing so many other religions, people say, what is your belief? What is your practice? Um, I'm independent. I believe in God. Period. <laughs> exactly. Know? <laughs> that's true. So uh, that's that's what most people like. That's a misconception people have about 
spirituality, you know, they, they think that because you say you're a Christian, then they say, oh, you're Catholic. I'm like, no, 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 no. It has nothing to do with that. I follow the word of Christ. Yeah, but the word of Christ is in the Bible. And I say to them, no, Christ is the only human being who is recognized in all the religions of the world as a unifier. That tells you a lot about the person he was. So to me, it's a movement. It's a state of mind. It cannot be a religion. Otherwise, all the religions will be the same. (laughs) And we have no war (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. People have to be careful about that. It's not, you know, it's not their fault. I'm not saying that people are ignorant because that's not the case. I'm just saying that people need to read a little bit more and be less opinionated about things that they they don't really know about. Mm -hmm. So... That's all I'm saying. Follow your heart, you know, basically. Exactly. There you go. You have it. So, um, actually, you yeah, actually killed one of my questions because you had already answered it for me. <laughs> Let me move on. Um, say in the next four to five years, where do you want to see yourself in, in poetry and in writing? Ah, that's a <laughs> that's a difficult question to answer, uh, because like it will seem like I'm a little showy. <laughs> but um I um what do I see myself in four or five years? That's you know what? That's difficult to really say. Uh I, I really wanna continue writing and, and I and I think I wanna use my voice to uh become a spokesperson for some valuable causes and and I mean, you know, you you don't need to have a lot of money to do things that you want. I, I think that poetry can help a lot of people, and I want still want to push my poetry further away. I want to push my boundaries uh, so that I can provide like some help to people. I'm not saying that I'm a master, that I'm a guide, or I'm anything like that. It's not who I am. But I believe that a lot of people respond to my poetry because there's something in it that can help them. And if you are able to help one person, that person in turn will help others in the future. So basically, I would like to use my voice a little more uh, to, and, and to be honest, when you write spiritual poetry, you know, there's no boundary. You can never settle for anything. So obviously, I want to continue writing books. I'm thinking about another CD, but this time it will be a little different. Um, and I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just no right along, you know. Yeah, no, I, I know. But I, we'll see. We'll see because I don't like to say, well, I'll see myself as such and such in four and five years. You never know. You really never know. So, well, we'll see. We'll see. But definitely maybe another book or two, another CD, that's for sure. Um, I want my uh, my CD Risen to become a DVD, and I have someone who's working from Hawaii for me, who is actually in the process of taking pictures for me so that I can turn Risen into a DVD. And um, that's uh, that's basically it for uh, what I see myself doing right now. <laughs> very, very, very inspiring. Wow. Okay, so the CD Risen, <laughs> is that... Is any of that poetry in your book, or is that totally separate? Okay, I have put some of my, um, there is, um, I think, a couple of poems that are in my last book, Project Heartbeats and Elevation. Uh, Some of the poems, uh, as well, there are two or three poems that are from another 
a poetry play that I wrote in 2007. But for most of the tracks, they are not anywhere. So basically, they are. I, I took them from my old poems that I wrote a while ago. So they were all old poems, basically, that I used. Okay. Well, I want to share with the audience um, a track that I received from you. Thank you so much. That really kind of touched me from the very beginning of hearing it. Um, think upon those things. Yep. So let's share that with them. Okay. Baby, hush. The love of the world will come. Nascent dreams and fantasies open the door to freedom. Hush, hush, baby, hush. Let the tears flow evenly in the apex of your mind and feel the light through your spine. Think upon those things that make us human. Think upon those words that turn us against one another. Think about those instants when change soars into the sky, when you feel limitless. Impervious, impervious sorrow. So, next time you curse the world, remember that you are part of it. Remember your significance in the eyes of the beholder. Then, and only then, will you be able to think of beauty. But right now, hush, hush, and think upon those things. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the thing that, that, that is so wonderful about you is that you don't use much yeah. to make a person just stop right there in what they're doing. And just be like, wow. And um, audience, you should be in the chat room on the same level as me. Think upon those things. I mean, wow. When I first heard that, I just was, I had to stop what I was doing. I had to really <laughs> just sit there and just really think. That's amazing what you do. Thank you. So, on to the next thing. I want to uh, talk about your show, Poetic Moments. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that show. Okay, your question. <laughs> that where is that? Where, where is that? What time? Um, what is the, some of the things that you're doing with the show, and so on? Um, I, I'm actually doing the show. I do the show on livestream.com. So I use my webcam. Basically, so people, if people go to my main website at www.soulpoetrysite.com, they will see a uh, a screen on the main page. Uh, uh, so uh, basically, poetic moments is 
on one night uh, a, a month right now because uh, I'm not too experienced, so I'm trying uh, a few new things. And um, what is Poetic Moments, basically? It's a show that, in this show, I want to connect people with artists and poets and also topics um, that are positive, uh, inspirational, and I want to focus on what I what I call great souls, people who have changed um, the course of the history. Um, um, I my first installment was about Khalil Gibran, who is my favorite author, um, and fantastic, fantastic, fantastic author. My favorite author. I tried to emulate his style many times, but I was very unsuccessful. After <laughs> Uh, I also did a show on, you know, how do you record your own poetry? You know, how do you make MP3s and so on and so forth? Because a lot of people have asked me, how did you make your CD? You know, it sounds so professional. And, and people can't believe that I actually made the CD from home without any studio. Uh, wow. I can't afford studio time, so I had to find a way to actually do it myself. Mm-hmm. I'm lying a little bit because I used, obviously, music from composers like... Um, uh, Kevin MacLeod, Lauren DeGiorgi, and William Cushman, uh, they provided the music for me. They were super nice. Uh, they're awesome composers, so I advise you to Google them because they're they're really nice as well. Um, so basically, Poetic Moments is all that. It's about, you know, great topics, great artists that have changed the world. So my, uh, my next installment will be on Krishnamurti. We, I guess you've all heard about Krishnamurti. Um, he is a fantastic, like, he, he died in a, 1986, I think, but his talks have been followed by many people. A lot of people have followed him without really understanding him because he was way beyond his time. He was in advance on his time, and most people didn't understand him. Great, great, great soul with a lot of fantastic things to say. And he was very non-denominational as well, which is why I'm attracted to to what he has to say. So basically that's it. Poetic Moments is is that a positive, uh, uh, positive show. And I want to do something a little different from the usual poetry shows that we have out there. I'm not saying that the poetry shows right now are bad because I love the poetry shows on BTR. They are fantastic. I love your show, you know, music, poetry. People call in and recite their poetry. That's fantastic. But I think people need something else as well. Mm-hmm. They need um, something to complement all that. So they need to get in touch with other people as well who have influenced the world in a positive way. Um, and that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. But... Uh, that's about it. That's the show. Right. That is great. And I do completely agree with you about bringing the audience something different. Um, and needing something different. It's, it's more to poetry than what has came out. We have just begun. We have a long way to go. And I believe that we're going to get there. I really do. It's going to be to the point where we would hear our stuff on the radio. In our car. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you gotta have faith, though. We gonna. Well, no, there. I'm not. I, you know, I want to take my time. You know, I'm not someone who is uh, really in a hurry for anything. So I like to take my time. I'm a perfectionist, so I like to do things well, and it has to be. It has to be a certain way so that I can try to be on the radio later on. But 
for me, it has, I have to follow certain steps. I cannot be on BTR right now. I could be, but I don't want to be because I'm not ready for it. For me, when you're on the radio, it doesn't matter if it's internet radio or regular radio. You have to follow certain rules. And you have to be a certain way. And for me, I'm not there right now. I'm not ready for it. Wow. Well, I can't say I, can, I know much about that. Maybe you're a little you know, more advanced on me on that tip, but I do understand to a certain extent where you're coming from on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it is um, a huge step. It's not easy. I walked, I jumped head first. That's what I tend to do. And, you know, <laughs> I just ran yeah. with it. But it was really something where I am now and where I was with the, the radio show is I came a long way. Oh, of course. Of course. It's a, and it's a lot of work as well. Like it because is. you have to prepare your shows, you have to be ready, you have to be professional, you have to provide a certain message to your audience and so on and so forth. So it's it's a lot of work. So Definitely. So, um there was something and I can't quite remember, forgive me, that you wanted to share with us that's happening, something new for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, you know, I've, I've come to realize that a lot of people are scared of poetry. Uh, it comes from the fact that they had to study poetry in a certain situation where they were forced. And they got scared of poetry because they see it as a monster. And from that, with that idea in mind, I, I thought, well, maybe I could come up with an idea that could maybe help people get in touch with poetry in a different setting. So I came up with books, I came up with a CD, and then I thought, then, what's next for me? What can I do to help people get connected with poetry and love poetry again? So I decided to create a product line uh, using Zazzle.com. And I created a calendar, I created mugs and so on and so forth, like products and items where I use my own poetry and my own pictures because I am an amateur photographer as well. And that way, I think that, you know, people people are actually responding really well to that because they, they tell me, well, it's interesting, I can actually read poetry outside a book or I don't have to listen to the radio to hear poetry. I can have poetry with me on the mug, for example. I drink coffee and I read it and it makes me smile for the day. And that's a good way for me to reconnect with poetry. And people have responded really well so far to it, so I'm, I think it's a good idea. <laughs> so that's basically it. So if people are interested in basically checking it, uh, checking it out, you go to my website, you go in the store boutique section, and then you have everything because my store has grown in a few weeks very uh, very much. So that's about it. So that's the product line, basically. Wow. She is doing big things, guys. So definitely go out there, support Soul Poetry. Check the links out that I'm throwing up in the chat room and just show love. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Is there a favorite piece? that you have? Um, on the CD or uh, somewhere else? Just anywhere that you, your favorite piece. Uh, I have a favorite piece except for actually Death Unleashed, Unleashed uh, which is on my CD. But above all, I would say that overall I like all my poems. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it sounds like 
um, like I'm showing off right now, but I really like all my poems. I don't have one poem that I hate. I don't have a favorite poem at all. Like, they're all reflections of who I am deep inside, so I must love myself then. <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm just kidding, but it just, but I like all my poems. I, I don't, really. <laughs> Lucky you. Okay, because I mean, I will write something today and tomorrow, mm, it's okay. <laughs> That is great. That's a good thing that you like all your poems. Well, I would just say this. You give us any piece that your heart desires and share with us live, please. Mm-hmm. I can give you, I can read you a poem that I wrote actually recently, very recently, uh, on poetry, actually. It's called Poetry, so I am going to read this one, okay? Okay. Okay. Here goes. Poetry is the language of the soul, otherworldly yet gentle to the eyes, entertaining yet conscious of its purpose. Its resolve questions millennia of battles. Poetry is more than the sum of its parts. In fact, those who can only write feet and rhymes do not understand what lies beyond its endless dazzling promises. Poetry is beauty in written form. The beholder may see, but not fathom, the diversity of its hidden visions, like an ocean of open creation. Poetry is all those things and more. Its essence lies in indefinable instance at the center of mystical matter and within the wordless purity of tomorrow. So, become a poetic messenger and let spirit shine through you. And that's my piece. Wow. She's like um, a little... Angel heaven sent because you definitely speaking and witnessing as our Lord tells us to be with our gift. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm giving you sound there because you're definitely holding it up. Now, me per se, I can, I don't know, I first started out as a journal type writing mm-hmm. and kind of jumped in from there, but. I really, really can appreciate your work in that format because you're doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. And you know what? That's what I always say to people. Uh, some One day I had someone ask me this question, and I didn't know what to say. They asked me, well, how can one reach your level? And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> question, how do I answer to that? Because I don't consider myself at any level. So that's why I wrote this poem, because I believe that if you believe in your soul, if you believe in yourself, you will be able to write poetry. And it doesn't take any level at all. Like, it just take a little knowledge of the English language or the French language, because I write in French. But that's about it. If you pay attention to this particular details, like your grammar and your spelling and so on and so forth, you will be fine as long as you put your heart and your soul in the piece. 
It's all that matters. And people think that it's like too difficult to write poetry, but it's not. You just need to believe in yourself to write poetry. That's all you need, basically. And I know you will agree with me on that because yeah. you write great poetry. So you know what it is to write great poetry. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, you know, people got to understand that you got to crawl before you walk, mm-hmm. that you're not going to start out being the best that ever was. And then, again, it's just like beauty. It's in the eyes of the beholder. To mm-hmm. one thing, to one person, it might not mean that much, but to the next, it might mean the world to them. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? I, I always say that that's what I always say. I'm, I used to be a teacher. <laughs> I taught French. So I was very particular <laughs> when it came to, like, spelling and grammar. And the problem nowadays, why people don't, why do people not take poetry seriously? A part of the problem is that a lot of poets nowadays, as great as they are and as talented as they are, is that they don't watch their spelling. They don't watch their grammar. And I am sorry to say that, but if if you are a writer, if you're a poet, you will never be taken seriously in this world by others if you don't watch your spelling and your grammar. It's a sad thing. But I noticed that in the world, in the working world as well. When I was working, when I was a teacher, you know, all my students came, they made many mistakes. Oh, you know, people make fun of me because I can't speak French properly. And I said to them, well, it's like everything else. You have to work hard for it, and then people will take you seriously. And that's the reason why people are starting to take me seriously as a poet, because I can write in both, in both languages, and I pay careful attention to what I say and to what I do. It's basically, I'm not going to write my poetry and not walk the talk afterwards. And a lot of people write poetry and they don't walk the talk afterwards. And that's basically the small things that make people really, like, scared and not wanting to read poetry. And I think that the main problem in our society nowadays is that a lot of people are lazy and don't want to pay attention to what they do. And if they pay little attention to what they write and do, it will make a lot of dif- a big difference in the way people perceive us as artists. And it's, on, it's not only about Kanye West, you know, doing what he did on the MVA. This was oh, the boy. <laughs> but it's, 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 um, it's basically what we have on an everyday basis. What it is was careless, disrespectful, and that's what people do on, a, on an everyday basis. They hurt others. They hurt others through their words. They hurt others through their behavior. And they may hurt others through what they write in their poetry as well because they don't pay attention. And if people paid a little more attention to what they do on an everyday basis, we wouldn't have those problems. And we wouldn't be talking about Kanye West right now. And I wouldn't even be talking about that either. (laughs) So it all takes, all it takes is a little attention to pay, you have to pay attention to what you do. You have to walk the talk. If you're a poet, you have to walk the talk of your poetry, basically. So that's all I'm saying. But it's just my vision of poetry nowadays. And but it doesn't it doesn't mean that the people I'm I'm saying that to are not great because a lot of poets are fantastic and so talented. But when you read their poetry, it's full of spelling errors and typos. If you know yeah. what I mean, 
I'm, I'm, a guilty one. I'm a guilty one, but you know what? I really shaped myself up, but I started out like that because I was so eager to get it out. So mm-hmm. I can understand how one can make those mistakes, but I do understand where you're coming from. If you're going to be true to your art, then you need to bring it appropriately. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Presentable. Exactly. But it doesn't, I mean, when you listen to the message, when you hear spoken word artists, it doesn't matter. It's just when you read it. And people are, most people in North America are visual learners, and they learn from reading. And the only thing they remember is the spelling errors and the typos. That's what they remember. They won't remember the poem that you recited. They will remember the poem that they read from you. And that's what a lot of artists tend to forget. So, and that's the reality of it. That's the truth. I've noticed it. And uh, I don't doubt you. Like I said, I've, I've been in the form real heavy. I still am in the form. I have my own form. Mm-hmm. And you got to be willing to take constructive criticism, you know. And one of the things that I was really got on about is how I presented my poetry. One, my format was totally whack. Mm-hmm. Typos were everywhere. And, of course, you're not going to like it, but it does make you want to do something better for yourself and pay more attention to how you present your work. Because if it means that much to you, why not? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what was told to me. And when you mm-hmm. think about it like that, you can get the job done. So I totally agree with you on that. Take a lesson from Soul Porch if she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> Not a lesson. I don't. I don't want it to sound like that. But that I'm. I'm, I'm speaking for, from experience. Wow. I'm speaking from experience from people telling me I, I was retarded because I was a slow learner when I was younger. That's why I'm telling this to people right now because you know what? In this world, unfortunately, people will take you seriously one minute and the rest of the time will criticize you. Mm-hmm. So if you can show them that you actually walk the talk, people will stop criticizing you and will stop judging. You're right. But on the note about, you know, I wish we did live in a, a happy, happy world. But oh, yeah. the truth is, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and this is what I've learned, guys. There, there's always going to be bad. There's no escaping it. There's no, um, you can't have good without bad. And it's almost like how God made this world for us to learn. Because if you didn't have the bad and you always had good, you wouldn't mm-hmm. learn anything. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. sad to say, but, I, I mean, that's that's truly how it is. We don't want to go through the bed. No one wants to go through the bed. I know I don't, but it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, just we it. need to some rules in life. Like, otherwise, we would be all over one another, and we'll be fighting for even more than we are fighting now. And uh, I want to talk about Cherie, who says she writes with no capital letters and no punctuation, but this is a different topic here. We're not talking about not spelling, because no capital letters and no punctuation doesn't mean that you are not serious about your work. Basically, so that's just what I what I wanted to say about what Sherry just said. I'm done. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Okay, um, people, we're going to share another piece by Soul Poetry, and this one is titled True Art. Losing is an art that few master. For most, it truly is disaster. 
But for people like me, a blessing it will always be. It might seem easy and even a little distressing, but I shall not lie any longer. Losing's an art that makes you stronger. Dying is a feeling that few enjoy. Most say the grim reaper does destroy everything they own or truly love. But they just see the surface of things. The light passes them by with its wings, while they bemoan their lot thereof. But I shall not lie any longer. Dying's an art that makes you stronger. So do not be afraid, it is not a crusade, your enemy is within, and beyond doubt you will win. Face your fears, dry your tears, the unknown is far and wide, and that you cannot deny. So live, lose, and die again and again. It is the only way to ascertain that you are part of God's divine design. All right. So? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, I'm to be honest with you, with your poetry, it's so quiet. It's hard to tell when it's over, and I do not want to interrupt because I got caught like that with true art before. So. Uh, you fell asleep. Just be honest. You fell asleep. No, I didn't know. Honestly, I just didn't know when the poem was over. It really got quiet. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Um, just, before we bring one love on the line, I do want to ask you this. Um, yep. Can you go in depth just a little bit more about true art? Uh, true art, yeah. True art is basically, when I was at university, I studied uh, Elizabeth Bishop's poetry. Uh, if I remember, she's Canadian. I hope I'm not saying anything wrong. And one of his poems, uh, entitled One Art, is my favorite poem. Um, and, and, and the way it flows and everything is so beautiful about, you know, you you have to know how to lose things. You have to learn how to lose things. And you, everything you have to look up, but even though it's hard, you have to learn it. And I tried to emulate this poem and copy the title a little bit by calling it True Art. And I was talking about poetry in this poem instead of uh, talking about death and losing people that you love and so on and so forth. So basically that's about it. And how, you know, even though, you know, we lose, lose things in life, especially to death, we have to learn to accept them how they are. Right. Wow. Okay, so your buddy, don't start whipping each other now. One love, bad boy. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I love ladies too. (laughs) What's happening, ladies? I know we were waiting for you. Um. Now that I, I have arrived, it did. 
Um, so, dear, let's back up a few moments ago where you said, now, forgive me if I'm wrong, something to the fact that if you wanted to be taken seriously, great poets we may be, but there's a lot of typos. Mm-hmm. And, okay, now, what if someone like me writes with slang words, um, shortened words, you know, the way that we speak? Mm-hmm. What if I write something that way? Well, it's, um, you're talking about something a little different here. Okay, can clarify, please. Maybe I was just misunderstanding you. Uh, well, you know what I was saying? You have to write with your heart. That's what I'm saying. But, for example, if you shorten words like isn't, you say isn't instead of is not, it doesn't matter. It's not considered a typo. And yeah. Now, now, hold on. So are is um, coming, C-O-M-I-N-G. What if I leave out the G? Some folks may think that's a typo, but it's really not. Oh, it's not on. if you put an apostrophe. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. But so you know you, what? I'm you sorry. The question for me yeah, now. What I'm here is that, you know, some people may make typos. It doesn't matter. It happens to make mistakes. But when you have poems that have three typos on the same line, that's what I'm talking about here. Sure. I'm not talking about someone who's making a mistake once in a while because that happens. I'm talking about people who make mistakes every line, three mistakes per line. That's all I'm talking about. And I was not targeting one person in particular. It was a general comment on what I've seen over the years. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, it so just what about raised... slang, though? Hmm? Some people what about... are slang, right? Yes. Right, so quote-unquote proper English, it ain't going to work. You know what I mean? That's, I've seen a lot of poets write like that and use the slang instead of the, I, mean, I can get an example here on certain words that we might change and mean one thing and slang and mean another thing in proper English. Mm-hmm. For instance, my bad, you know? We all, I mean, everybody uses that, but y'all know the real English term for that is wouldn't it wouldn't be called you wouldn't say it in that form. Mm-hmm. Would that be considered as, as as bringing a form across in the wrong way? As far no, as? no, no, I I don't think so. But it's just like what I'm trying to say. Maybe I explain myself poorly. That's why <laughs> it just like people are quick to judge things, and for people who write slang poetry, I'm not against slang poetry because obviously. It's a language in itself, like slang English is fine with me, but it's just like some people tend to judge poetry uh, without even going into the messages. See, they see all this slang, they see all this typos or this mistakes, so even when it's not a mistake, they're going to say, oh, this is crap poetry, I'm not going to even read it. That's what I was referring to when I was saying, uh-huh. you know, st- mistakes and typos. So uh, I'm sorry, ex- I explained myself poorly there, but it's just like people are quick to judge, and they're going to say, I don't want to read this because it's too slangy for me. I don't like that. That's all I was referring to, basically. 
I'm not picking on you. I was just wanted to clarify, you know, so the audience can understand and what have you. And I'm sure one loved one is, you know, just to see what. Yeah, because I, I heard her say that, and it raised my eyebrow, and I'm like, oh, wow, now i got to go back and just rewrite everything I ever wrote? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm glad you asked me to clarify because yes. I, I'm glad I could explain it to you better because I don't like when people misunderstand or I didn't explain myself clearly enough. So thank you for bringing it up so that I could explain it more clearly. All righty, dearie. I am going – well, thank you for – Clarifying, I'm, we good now. I'm going to yeah, fall back wait. into the chat room and stalk you from afar <laughs> and let you have your interview back. Thank you, dear. <laughs> Gotta love him, <laughs> Okay, I just want to thank you, Soul Poetry. Thank you very much. Coming on and sharing uh, with us your work your beliefs. It's been very interesting and I feel like I know you more better than before, indefinitely. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome and I hope you can stay around for the rest of the show and also throughout the show we continue to put the links up and Mm -hmm. um, gosh, there was something I wanted to ask you before I let you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you very much. Have a great night. I'll stay around. You too now. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. But I'm going to think, you know, what I had to ask you, and I'll probably just chat to you in the chat room about it, but it's something that I missed there. Anyhow, um, those who's on the line, thank you for calling in and listening. Uh, we just had an interview with Soul Poetry, and the things she's been doing, she has a CD out, she has written four books, um, also has a book in France, so, you know, she's been pretty much doing a lot. She has her own poetry show, um, and all the links I will put up in the chat room for you guys. But, again, thank you for all that who participated and hope that you all can stay on for the second end of the show. Well, we will move into music and poetry tracks. Of course, my, my mic is your mic. If you want to share, you can call 347-826-9842. And if you don't, you can chill in chat and relax. So I'm going to take a little break here with some music, and we're going to come back because I believe we have a poet that's ready to step up to the mic, which is also a good look. So anyhow, let me go ahead and move into some Eugene Wilde.
you're tuned in to Poetry After Dark, the original. Um, listeners on the line, if you call me, if you get a piece, do press one. I noticed that one of the callers uh, took down your hand, but if you do decide to sit, just press one again because I will not just open up your line. Okay, so we're going to move into some poetry with Son of Man. That's it. I seen eyes lead people to empty souls while spirits mislead souls to empty eyes. Yet the demise of hatred embodies many temples, not allowing God to partake in our earthly bodies. So her language we misinterpret like it wasn't until the Iraq war we knew what were insurgents. Yet it's America's detergent to try to brainwash us into ungodliness. So we remain the living dead and to get ahead, we must submit to their constitution, but we the people has never been the solution, because we are not considered the people, just three-fifths of one, and the sun shines between the line of credit on the Bill of Rights, exposing lies as blood cries, leaving clots in history, and our youth are misinformed about the truth. To them, our past is a mystery, because American history is Eurocentric, they are the salt of the earth that sprinkled a little pepper in it, giving them the heartburn to yearn to destroy our identity. But when the slave masters oppressed us, he loved sleeping with the enemy, and the mulatto became the pick of the litter, pulling the trigger on race relations. Sad thing was their genes were recessive, and the blackness in their children became genetically aggressive, showing the dominance of our seed, and the need to annihilate us became more subjective. Time to start lynching and castrating them, that's the prime objective. The bloodbath showered hate among their own, and the bodies they once had stock in was not a fixed loan. Erupt in a civil war, but how can war be civil if it takes lives from individuals? No residuals. Bloodshed is not the answer. There may be a widespread of AIDS today, but only God knows who is the cancer. There propaganda will always spread because no matter where they go, they are the ones who pull down the sheets on death's bed. They are the ones who pull down the sheets on death's bed. you 
The coat on Alaska's Arctic fox turns white in the winter and brown in the summer so it can have an easier time killing and, more importantly, avoid getting killed. So when I saw Dante, the 13-year-old from my creative writing class, sporting the Sean John shirt, tucked in his Tommy boxers, jeans sagging, and iced-out Rolex purchased from the nearest Amoco gas station, hugging his wrist, I stopped him. Like, Dante, what's up with the gear? 
He was like, come on, Mr. Davidson. I'm just trying to be cool, you know, blend in. Now, mind you, Dante is the same kid who loves Shakespeare, quotes Pablo Neruda, and can decipher a Yusuf Kamayata poem better than the hardest M.A.F. owner you know. I couldn't help but feel sad as I watched the insecurity hiding behind those imitation Cartier frames walk by. I wondered how long he begged Miss Coleman, his 35-year-old single mother who delivers mail by day, fast food by night. Also, she could put Dante in the best schools, the best programs, and obviously, the best clothes. But in reality, Dante is no different from that Arctic fox cuz. If he doesn't blend in, he's going to get ridiculed, and that's just like being killed. If he doesn't fit in, he won't be able to get any respect, and that's worse than being killed, cuz. Being a non-athletic ninth grader, busting straight A's can be kind of frightening. I've been there. It's not fun, so every time I see Dante, I write a prayer on a post-it note, and I tattoo it to my heart. And I pray for the day that black boys who are smart beyond the years like Martin Luther King will get treated like LeBron James. I pray that... 70-year-old black girls won't need the stiletto heels or the regimes makeup to get boys. They'll discover the fruits of their minds speak louder. They'll embrace those beautiful natural wings busting through their skin, and they will fly. And young boys will chase them, just like they want them to in the first place. I pray for the day the debate team gets as much recognition as the football team. When the senior class enrollment list matches the graduating class list. And that list is the exact same as the honor roll list. I'm talking about the day that kids' minds will grow as rapid as their bodies. And their brittle branches of uncertainty will be replaced by amber leaves of self-assuredness. Yes, this will happen. Come follow me. I'll show you because by the time Dante's a senior, his A's will be D's. And he'll barely finish school. And you'll wonder what Miss Coleman didn't do. The only thing she ever did wrong was not tell Dante. You are perfect. It's your friends that are wrong. So the next time he came to my class, we wrote poems. We wrote poems about self-love and self-appreciation, self-determination. He was able to see himself for the black, immaculate, intellectual prince that he was. And next time I saw him, he was back to the Levi's jeans, glasses, Converse, and his Coleman 2004 Family Reunion t-shirt. And Dante was still cool, confident. And a hundred thoughts away from being that timid-ass fox.
bright light over the meadows, only to reveal fields of rose petals and cast shadows over your ghettos, baby, but I'd rather watch your tears fall, so that I can see clear all of the pain you're forced to contain, all of pain. I see your heart strain to conceal the pain when your soul reveals the same, but I can love you past your pain, your pain, see your mascara runs dry, showing traces of swelling around your eyes, and those weren't hickeys on your arms, but fingerprints of harm from when he tried to keep you calm and restrained you, he emotionally enslaved you, but you... You behave like an angel, like an angel. Baby, I know that your man loves you. I can tell from the bruises on your neck. He likes to hug you. He likes to touch you. 
It's easy to be so soft-spoken when you remain heartbroken. Don't hide. You left your heart and apartment open. Issued an emotional eviction notice and closed it and called all men hopeless. But sweetheart, all I need is a minute to explain because I can love you past your pain. I can. Don't give up on mankind because you haven't found the kind man or you haven't found the right man. Were you looking for a big, bold, beautiful, flowing bank account or a sweet, sincere soldier blowing your back out? Because your eyes can tell lies with physical beauty distractions and immature mind can't fully understand the attraction. And how can you love this loser more after he slaps and attacks you in front of other ladies he daps you instead of hugs you and you're still convinced that this bastard loves you, baby? I don't mean to bug you, but I can love you past your pain. Your pain. See, when you misbehave, daddy knows how to spank you in a way where you don't have to tell your girls you fell and sprains your ankle. And I know how to play rough without losing my gentle touch. And I can tell when enough's enough when you crave for my softer touch. Like I know my role is different from being into it and being intimate. And you'll never be without a shelter when the weather's inclement. I may not keep you dry, but I'm with you when it rains, baby. I'm with you when it rains. I can love you past your pain. My... Sensitivity knows to hold you when your mom's sick and not scold you over little conflicts on how to find solutions and resolutions and follow through with proper execution instead of making excuses. Even when you talk up useless facts, I become your student. I mean, when was the last time your man listened to your every word and asked you to speak up and repeat because you weren't heard or stood on the curb and watched you walk in your house? I'm talking about falling asleep, holding you on the couch and kissing your forehead before you turn the lights out. I'm telling you right now, baby, I can love you past your pain. Now I can put you to sleep and have you dream of me as I lay next to you and make love in 143 different ways before ever having sex with you and you'll never have to compare something that I did with something you assume to be ex would do because this is more than about going to bed with you like a book I want to be read with you like black words on white pages become one with you because when you call my love when you call I won't just come but run to you and I'll never stop loving you and all the while I'm going to treat you like you want me to Cause I'm prepared to treat you more and more like a queen and less like a dame. Cause my lady, just let me. I can't love you. Love you. Pass. Pass. Your pain. Your pain.
You're tuned into Poetry After Dark. I'm your host, the Angelic Poetess. Welcome all to just step into the chat room. Lady Blue, Coach K, Angel Eyes, DJ Speechless. Thank you all for joining us. Guest 4149, Street of if you want to chat in the room with us. I have 540 on the line, so I'm going to bring you on. 540, you on the air? Hello. Okay. Come back to you. Uh, for the rest of you guys who's on the line, um, we'll not open your lines up unless you press 1, if, if you intend to do a piece for us tonight. We're going to keep moving with some more poetry, and I want to share with you Chanel Gabriel, a message to my girls. Put your hands together for Chanel. Call the message to my girls. Keep your heads up and your skirts down. Girls that'll be seen, not heard, so better not hear the sounds. Call your legs, cross your ankles, shut your mouth when you chew. Do as I say and not as I do. And you will bloom into a woman. My mother implanted these seeds to assist me in blooming into a lady. But evidently, these same seeds have not been planted into today's soil like water mixing with all words to a blend into young minds. Signs of last days and times where young men shall be lovers of themselves and young women lovers of everything but themselves. Whether it be material wealth or baby fat belts, whether it be coming and getting her groove on or putting some Prada shoes on. In no other name but the mighty name of fashion. Weak check CVT cards given in ration to chicks who spend their pay on the latest fashion update. They strive to gain the whole world, yet lose their young souls because they never learned how cold that winter was or how it pays to be more careful. And we've all heard tales that should have made them more fearful. Alas, I see it starts from their use, uncouth and chains loosed in the world. And I'm talking about these little girls. I want to call them young ladies. But to see them on the 2 train and the B80, I have to wonder. Does self-love stop when training boys come or class and self-esteem leave when they begin to bleed? Slowly leaking the innocence they embodied, losing the love that they had in themselves. Don't they know too much BET is bad for your health? Constantly watching pornographic portrayals again it on and popping, booties dropping, former models now copping, Bob's Video Vixen Award. Imagine getting an award for being a video whore. Like that's something you'd want to be with little kids in teen parties acting like little Kim trainees. Realize the only difference between a dub and a lap dance is you do all the work and it's for free. Know every single song on MTV, but can't tell me the equivalence of three times three. Can't read more than a Word Up magazine. Wonder why kids go to lowest on the SATs, 10 p.m. on a school night and they still run in the streets. Man, so be saying, ooh, pick me. Pimp me, please, because all I see is young girls in grown men's faces, equivocating love with attention, and in my love equals physical affection, and this is an infection that's spreading faster than any disease, the way our preteens sell their chastity with ease, and Satan doesn't go blow for blow, he just goes straight for the throat, and he knows that our budding generation is our only hope, so while we promote premature growth and pro-choice pregnancies, possibly the prelude to premeditated aborted leaders with lasting legacies, we may simply end the spirit of us, not tomorrow may never be. 
So come together, my sisters and brothers. Know that you ought to be your daughter's first lovers. Teach them to forget the masses. To value their classes over how big their asses. To value self-respect over painting temporal objects. To be not conformed to this dis-shortened, pain-stricken world, but to be just what they are. Young girls, and let the seed be plants. Focus on growing what's internal. The external will bloom later, but the internal is the only thing that is eternal. And let no man, no man take their crown. Remind them to keep their heads up and their skirts down. Dance of Poetry After Dark, the original, and I'm your host, the Angelic Poetess. Shout out to E2 Lynn for stepping in the chat room. Thank you for coming through. Tell her like it is. Thank you for coming through. I believe we have our boss on the line. Let me bring my boss on. <laughs> 612. What up? What up? Oh, what up? How you What's doing? Up, I'm good. Not much. I just felt like spitting something since I just got off work. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, I figured, hey, you know what? I ain't been able to check you out since you moved on Friday. I got off early, so why not call in? I appreciate the love, babe. And since you say that I got to call in and spit something, I just couldn't call in and say hi, so I had to pull up something real quick. All right. So I'm going to always do as the host command. I'm not going to be able to do the one you want me to do because I don't have that one committed to memory, but I do have another one for you. Um, this one is simply entitled Today. And uh, if y'all hear a lot of cars running, that's because I'm on the corner trying to get my hustle. I mean, waiting on the bus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here we go. Today I made a promise to myself to stop trying to love someone else. I must first learn to love me for me. That is the only way that I'll ever be free from a doomed relationship while trying to find companionship. Today, I looked myself in the eye and said that I will never again cry over relationships in my past that either lasted too long or ended way too damn fast. I'm tired of kicking my own tail trying to figure out why my relationships seem to fail. Today, me and I had a little chat as we discussed the stage in my life that I met. Needing to understand the reason and what to focus on for this season, stopping the hands of time in order to live a life sublime. Today, we became whole and took back what the enemy had sold. Now I truly understand that I do have the upper hand. Rejoicing for the pain and the strife, because they have driven me to higher heights in my life. And that was Today by the Educated Poet. There it is. There it is. I love it. And I'm sorry, is, are you carrying this stuff around? Is this on an iPod or something? 
Uh, this is this piece is actually in my BlackBerry um, because I wrote it one day when I was just out. Actually, I was at a, at a, at a, at my men's retreat for my church group, and I didn't have no pen and paper. It was like five o'clock in the morning. I couldn't go to sleep, and that poem came to me, so I just pulled up my BlackBerry and started typing. I know that's right. Well, people, that was the educated poet doing his thing. He ain't even got to be in front of a computer or have a book in his hand. He got it on the blackboard. I got to get one of those things. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you know, because if you get one, you're going to be on Poetry After Dark. You're going to be on Facebook. You're going to be on MySpace. You're going to be on Poetic Uprising or whatever site that you, or you, you can get on. Heck, you can even get on Blog Talk. See, oh, that's yeah, why I need one. <laughs> Dude, so I can be accessible at all times. Like when I'm at work, we can't go nowhere on the internet. So that can be a good list for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> but thank you again, babe, so much for calling in. And definitely get up with me if you're not too busy when you get in the house. Um, I will because when I, as soon as I get home, I got to get prepared because uh, I got a show tonight. All right, well, please do drop it for us. All right, tonight is going to be, I haven't figured out what, I, I forgot what I named it. I'm not sure if I named it Midnight Grooves or The Educated Poet Presents the Friday edition of the Insomniac Poetry Theater, but it will be on from 12.30 to 3.30 a.m. Central, 1.30 to 4.30 Eastern, and 10.30 to, uh, what's that, 10, 11, 12, 1, 10, 11, 12. 10 to 130, 1030 on, on, on Pacific Standard Time. All right. That sounds so, great. I'm asking each and every one of y'all, since I can't go to the club tonight, for y'all to come by and help me get drunk on poetry and how spoken word. That's what's up. I definitely will be tuning in. It's the weekend, so, yes, I can hang out late. All right. It's the weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, babe, because we got callers filling up. Let me move on to the next caller. All right, just keep me on mute so I can hear the rest of your show. Okay. All right. Okay, so we're going back to 540, which I believe is DJ Speechless. You want to I had a couple. I had a couple questions or whatever. I had a couple questions about um, the the poetry thing, um, what's going on, because I'm fairly new. I'm just actually, you know, this is my first uh Right, you know, a little station I ever listened to or whatever. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm actually having a good time listening to the poetry and everything like that. But I had a question on uh, what the guy that just was speaking. Is he a different station than you, or how, how does that work? You know? Yes. Um, BTR um, has different hosts, different shows. So his show, what you would have to do is actually go to the search and put in the Educated Poet or Poetic Uprising. And you will find him. Okay, okay. So how many how many more good ones you have before your uh, twenty two to twenty three minutes are up? Um, I'm gonna have a couple of few tracks lined up. I do have some callers on the line, so yeah, I got something for you. It's gonna be a dull moment here. <laughs> okay, well definitely bang bang those out. Cause I'm sitting here listening to a one, you know, all open ears. I appreciate you, and thank you so much for stopping through my spot. All right. All right. Okay, guys, before we um <clears throat> excuse me, before we pull into some more music and poetry, we do have someone else that wants to get on the mic and let's bring in seven oh six. 
What's up? Hey, it's Diamond J. What's up, Diamond? See, I was trying to ask you in the chat room, you know, the piece that I had in mind to do was in form of a story, but you just kept digging me and never answered the question. Nah, let me stop. I know you was busy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know I got to mess with you. <laughs> but um, but being that this ain't this, I ain't never done this nowhere. So you know, it it might be a tad bit long, but go ahead and stop me if you need to. Okay. Okay. All right. It was the usual night at work at the club. People coming out to get drunk and party like they ain't got good sense. Some women dressing like a hooker on the corner to get attention while other women were on a gold digging mission. Fellas acting like they high rollers and shot callers when they ain't got nothing all that good going for themselves. And I have the unfortunate privilege of catering to these people. Sometimes talking to them is like talking either to the air or to the wall. They so focused on getting ready to blame something on the alcohol, they lose focus of reality. The people I work for aren't that much better, but that's a whole different story in itself. But as usual, it was the night. It was the usual night at work. So frustrating, even Jose Cuervo couldn't stop it from settling in. Normally, I'd have a ride back to the house, but being I was in an I don't give a fuck state of mind, I figured it was best to try to walk it out. When I got halfway home, the sound of a cat meowing desperately could be heard throughout the night. I stopped to look around to try to follow the sound and locate him. The sound of the cat chased close to a ditch on the side of the road where I was walking that had a tunnel where water flows through when heavy rain occurs. I see the cat, but upon closer examination, it wasn't a cat. It was a kitten. The kitten couldn't have been no more than six months old. Don't know the exact age by looking, but I knew it was nowhere near grown. The kitten sees me. We make eye contact, and instantly it stops the whimpering I was hearing that drew my attention in the first place. I initially thought that it was trapped or hurt somehow in the ditch, but eventually it got up and made its way towards me. After seeing nothing was wrong with him, I continued to make my way home, but the encounter doesn't stop there. As I'm walking, I hear the kitten meowing, but he sounded a whole lot closer than he needed to be. I stop to look back. The kitten is about five to ten feet away. He's trailing me. I start walking. He starts walking. I stop. He stops. I feel like something out of a cartoon or red light, green light. So to find out exactly what was on his mind, I stand in place to see what happens. The kitten had no problem coming near me. Near me. But as I got closer... As he got closer, it was no longer meows of despair, but the type of meow any person will recognize when the kitten is in his comfort zone. I couldn't help but be flattered by it, but yet and still, I had to get home. Now, you don't want to be around me right now, thought to myself, but he obviously had other things in mind. I, I tried to keep walking and not paying any attention, but it's to the point now where he's walking right by my side, as if I'm taking him out for a walk. I stop again to try to figure out what is going on and what's on his mind. This time, he walks up to my feet and rubs against me as if he knew me. What the hell is this about, I thought to myself. He doesn't even know anything about me, but yet and still, he's all up on me like I'm his savior. So to test it further, we come under the highway underpass that I normally take to get home. It was there where I would find out what's going on. We reach the underpass, and I sit on a stack of bricks that was laid out for the construction area. He stands in front of me and, and looks at me, wondering... On me, waiting on me to tell her what to do. So what now? I said to the kitten. At that moment, he walks over to my left and looks up at me again. I raise my arm to get a clear look, and right when I do that, he jumps right into my lap. Apparently, the don't talk to strangers rule didn't apply to him. I remained seated and shocked and was wondering how in the world this innocent kitten was so drawn to the likes of me. It even did what any feline would do, get comfortable, walk around in circles, and make a spot and lay down. 
After he got settled, they began to purr. I know all too well what that means. It means they're comfortable with their environment. So uh, you don't want to get, you don't want to even be interested in me as, as jacked up as my life is right now. Kitten looked up at me, gave a soft meow, and laid his head back down, still purring. It was at that moment I don't even remember what I was mad about anymore. That moment I didn't even remember how life my how bad my life had seemed to be. It was actually I was actually at peace in the moment. One of those things I wished I was single because if I was because if it was up to me I'd be out there all night, being I couldn't take him home with me. It wouldn't nothing would have made me smile more than to take him home with me, but it wasn't possible. Sorry, my little friend, but as much as I like to, you can't come home with me. So I pick up the kitten, put him on the ground, and start to make my, start walking again. He's about to follow me, but then some people were coming in the other direction. Whatever it sensed from them, it was enough to make him go in the other direction and into the dark. I can't help but wonder what to make of this experience. Does it make me a punk that it took a, a stray kitten to help me take my mind off of life as bad as it is? Or was it just one of those things that the Most High made happen? Whatever the case is, I don't question it like I would have if I was younger. If I was younger, it might not even went down like that for that matter. But one thing I did take from it, as much anger and venom as I might have had in me at that moment, there's still some good in me somewhere that he was able to sense. It's been said that animals are keen to everything around them. If a kitten who's barely been on this earth long enough to know anything can still have enough sense to be around the likes of me, what does that say about people who are quick to judge without taking the time to get to know a person before drawing any conclusions? That only makes it further official. You can't judge a book by its cover. That's mm. that. Mm, mm, mm. Hold up. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> oh, here we go again. <laughs> As usual, technology is a beautiful thing when it acts right. <laughs> you know, I read that piece, but now that you have read it, I mean, <sighs> Wow. You read it where? When you first first wrote it, I can't remember where it was. To be honest with you, I, I thought you did it on poetry after dark, but I'm not sure. But I remember reading it. Very long piece, but it it, it really had something behind the story. You know what I'm saying? And I'm I'm definitely feeling where you're coming from on that. <laughs> yeah, and that and you know and that's that's what I was hoping to you know to prove that it, you know that there was a point to it. But um, that's bad. I don't even remember posting this anywhere. No, I, let me, let me. I gotta go look and see where it's at. I don't remember posting this anywhere. <laughs> you did, and you'll find it. Cause I remember the cat. Yeah, uh, my yeah. mind is bad. <laughs> I, now I gotta go look. And <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for calling in and sharing that with us. No problem. Sorry for the sorry if the piece was too long, but you know, I. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, babe. All right, I'm going to move out the way so you can get back into the music. All right. All right, peace. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to move back into the music. We have about 14 minutes left. Um, If you do want to pop on the mic before the show ends, 347-826-9842. Enjoyed all of you guys' company tonight, especially my special guest, Soul Poetry. Um, Definitely doing her thing, and check her out for real. She's doing her thing out there. Here we go.
put shivers over me, man. Oh, yeah. Well, if y'all don't know, I called him Pop. He's my prince of poetry. And like I said, we go way back. Love you, buddy. Now, I have the educated poet that wants to step back on the mic. What's up? What's up? What's up? I do? I saw your hand pop up again. You've been Oh, dang, my bad. <laughs> but you know what, though? But you know what, though? I'll go ahead and give mad love because that piece that Diamond did about the cat and 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 finding the goodness in all of us. I don't know if everybody listened to that piece, but uh, you need to go back in the archives and listen to that again because whether you know it or not, there's good inside of you. There's good inside of the people that you think is the most despicable person in the world. All you have to do is just give that person a chance. And for uh, for uh, whatever his name is right now, Floetic Soul Child, Prince of Poetry, that's um, his name, Floetic. I just call him Pop. Yeah. <laughs> right, that that piece was actually actually what I mean, we have to do it right. He wasn't just Pop; he was that Aryan prince. Uh, but uh, he was. I mean, that, that that was on point. Like you know, two powerful speakers. Um, I loved him. I didn't know I pressed one. I guess my fat face hit the button by mistake. But I'm glad I was able to get back on because. Um, you had some hot poets come through, uh, and I only heard two of them. That was Diamond J and, 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 and Pop. But I can just, if that was the caliber of the other talent that you had come to your show, I know you had a bomb show. Yes, it was a wonderful show. And like I said, you guys make it, so I appreciate all the love you shine. Yeah, and I got one. Not, not, not I didn't give all the accolades, I got a bone to pick. Uh-oh. How come I ain't getting no sound effects? Okay, to be honest, honest, and you're totally right, I'm wrong. To be honest, it just was not in the right spot at the right time. But to make up for that, (laughs) to make up for that, (laughs) I'm sorry. All right, cool, cool. <laughs> and just for that, I'm going to drop a little bit of that piece that I know you want to hear, if I got time. Three minutes. All right. I need a woman to drop it fast. Wait a minute. I, I'm just gonna, I need a woman to shake it fast and drop it like it's hot. I need a woman to lose control when I lick her spot. I need a woman gone wild to ride my pole. I need a woman to lose control when I stick my tongue inside her hole. But... I need a woman to talk to me, a woman that will allow me to bathe in the essence of she. I need a woman with a brain, not a woman that's going to drive me insane. I need a woman that I can take home to my mother. This woman has to be more than just your average, ordinary lover. I need a woman somewhat meek and mild, a woman that won't mind giving birth to my very first child. I need a woman to love me just for me. And for her, like a soldier, I'll be the best that I can be. I need a woman with R-E-S-P-E-C-C, a woman to love me and only me. I need a woman that oozes sex appeal, a woman that won't mind wearing nothing but a pair of six-inch heels. The angelic portraits, I need a woman like you, not the one that I read about in Shakespeare's fame, nothing true. This woman that I need, she must have a beautiful face, and she must possess style and grace. 
So all of you all that's listening to Poetry After Dark, I just have one question. Where, oh, where can that woman be? I wonder if she's out there waiting on me. And that was I Need a Woman by the Educated Poet. What a way to top off the show. Thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I, did, I did the wrong. That was the Educated Poet with I Need a Woman, the Poetry After Dark remix. Okay, with the ladies countdown in my ear, I just want to say again, thank you all for coming out, showing your love, stepping up to the mic. That was a good look. I appreciate all the love. And to my guest, Soul Poetry, thank you for being a guest and sharing your wonderful work with all of us. Till next time, guys, my love. Peace and blessings. Goodbye for now We'll have our second time around But before you go There's something I'd like to say Everything's not worth it seems There's a stronger force behind the scenes He's in our lives every day He's right there when we go